episode of AP Marvel. I am Izzy Show here with Chris as always. Hello, I'm Chris as always. And and Layla Jordan. <laughs> and Layla Jordan. I just want to make the joke, please. Mr. Always was my father. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Pretty good, pretty good. And at the time of this recording, it is International Women's Day, so happy International Women's Day to Layla and myself. And all the other women. Give women money. Send them your money. (laughs) Reparations for women? Yeah. Yeah. We try, um, and on this International Women's Day, um, we saw Captain Marvel the night before, and Mm. this is going to be our Captain Marvel hot take about that. Um, I kicked Anthony out. (laughs) <laughs> um, to try to preserve the all-female all vibe. And Chris is here as our non-binary pal. Slash what up? Tony didn't know the password. <laughs> <laughs> um, password was cooties are gross. <laughs> nah, it's just cooties. <laughs> um, and yeah, it um, and yeah, so I guess we're going to talk about the film for a bit today. And all that jazz. Um, so first we're going to go um, around, just have everyone give their initial broad thoughts of the movie. Um, and then we'll go into some like more in-depth discussion points. So who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, I really enjoyed it. I liked it at least as much as I thought, hoped I would. And perhaps a bit more... Than I thought I would. Um, I was really, I've been excited for this movie for a while, so I've been trying to keep my like expectations lower. Um, as Izzy can attest, I went to see this movie in my Captain Marvel sweater, which I have had sitting in my closet since 2015, wow. waiting patiently. <laughs> I wore it to, I believe, Civil War. And the woman at the ticket counter said, oh, I love Wonder Woman. And, oh. <laughs> and I, I wasn't going to correct her because, like, yeah. But I just, this is a character that I think, I never got really into her comics, but I've always just, like, liked her as an idea of a character. And I always thought she'd be really interesting on the big screen. And I really like Brie Larson as an actress. And I like a lot of the people in this movie. So I was really excited for it. And I really enjoyed it. I thought, I especially thought it got, better as it went on especially once it got to earth i think it got really strong i thought the cast of characters was great like everyone's going to be talking about goose we all know it but even just like monica and her daughter and or maria and her daughter oh wow that wasn't good monica is the daughter right yes i got that confused okay they do have the same (laughs) very close similar names Whenever um, I type in Mar- Maria, I always type in Mario by accident every single time. Oh, no. It's me. <laughs> Mario. Mario. Your best friend. Uh, but, yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it got me more excited for Infinity War, but I also think it did pretty well. Endgame. I mean, Endgame. I keep, Same diff. It's, Endgame's a terrible name for a movie. I'm sorry. I hate it. Um, but, yeah. I generally very positive for this movie. Yeah, I think I went in with too high expectations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and I don't really know why because the a lot of the promotional stuff, a lot of the marketing had 
moments and imagery that had me intrigued, but it wasn't something that I was, like, excited for. But, you know, I was kind of vaguely familiar with um, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, like, at least their names. The only movie I've actually seen from them is Half Nelson, which is this... Uh, this Ryan Gosling movie, I think from 2006 or around that time, and it was just really, it's like the most indie-ass indie movie ever, but it, it's very, um, it was a really nice character study, and when I saw images of, oh, you get to see, like, Carol Danvers at different points of her life, um, I was like, oh, it's going to kind of, like, be this cool, like, it'll be, like, a different take on the origin story, it'll have, like, you know, like, kind of a non-linear narrative is kind of the, the feel that I was getting. And the movie kind of started off with that, like, um, some backstory, I, I was late <laughs> to my screening oh, no. uh, with my friends uh, Morgan and Peter, shout out to them, Peter's been on the show, uh, Morgan is a patron of the show, but we were late, we walked in during, like, this battle scene, it was like, like the, like, you know, it was dark in the theater, but it was dark, like, what was happening on screen, there was, like, shooting, and I didn't know what was happening, Pete and Morgan thought they walked um, into a Star Wars trailer at first. Did, um, but, um, wait, Chris, we were was so that... fixated on, yeah. Sorry um, to cut you off. Um, was that, I think I know, um, were they, like, in, like, some sandy place? Yes. Okay, it's so like. Dirt and sand. You missed not that much. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, right. But we weren't really paying attention because the way the seats are arranged like, our seats were all the way to the right, but it was, like, against the wall. So we had to climb over seats to, like... Oh, no! Get in. So we just looked like idiots, and, like, I almost, like, hurt my ankle just trying to get in, just being a dumbass. Um, but I was finally able to pay attention. The first thing I actually was able to digest was um, the memory scene. When the scrolls are kind of like, they're like they're basically like we're winding and fast forwarding through her memory like it's a VHS tape, nineties. Uh, um, like something you'd get at Blockbuster. Yeah. Oh God, they just kept saying Blockbuster in this movie. Um, also on the red carpet, the premiere, everyone's like, "Oh, and there's gonna be a scene in Blockbuster." Like all the stars, like they were all told to say this, this the same three points to the interviewers. But regardless, I it didn't really go as far than that. And I was, I don't know, I was disappointed of how little Carol Danvers and, like, how much boring veers there was. Mm. Um, and it kind of got to a point to me where I was expecting a lot of, like, 90s stuff, but it kind of got a little Ready Player One-ish to me, <laughs> to the point where, like, everyone in their 30s and 40s were laughing, and, like, I was just rolling my eyes. It's like, yes, I remember when computers were slow back then, ha-ha. Um, so I had to just kind of, like, get past a lot of annoying things. Um, like, like, pr like specific pain points. Um, if you've read my Marvel Musing about prequel tropes... <sighs> Uh, the cat and Nick Fury, you know what happens. Everything you warning. said came true. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, the cat wasn't a scroll, but it was a different alien. But um, but you know, I I like the action was cool. I liked the choice of '90s music yeah, as Ready Player One ish as it got. So it's something that I feel like I will enjoy when I rewatch it when I can finally get past those uh, nitpicks of mine. So. 
I came out of the theater feeling like this was kind of like if I like had to rank it, it'll be pretty mid tier. But I am very open to rewatching it and maybe getting something else out of it because, you know, I might have missed something. I literally missed the Stan Lee tribute in the beginning, so yeah, you know, I didn't even see that. Uh, really good Stan Lee cameo, by the way, because he's literally reciting his own cameo in Mallrats, which makes me wonder why Stan Lee is canonically a character in the MCU. But I digress. Uh, those are pretty much my thoughts. Yeah, I pretty much had, like, similar-ish thoughts. I was already pretty tired of the, like, the, I guess the prequel kind of things. Like, I was, like, you know, I was, like, fully expecting, like, oh, Nick's gonna lose his eyes with this fucking cat, isn't he? And he did. And I was, like, okay, sure, that's fine. But, like, I mean, if you read my, if I, for people who have read my um piece on Captain Marvel, um, I was, like, really hesitant about this movie. I... I don't know if my expectations were low, but, like, they weren't, like, but, like, I know one of my friends was, like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for Captain Marvel. And I was, like, yeah, like, me too. And I wasn't at, like, his level of excitement. I was, like, yeah, I'm, like, excited because, like, it's a Marvel movie. And, like, that's just who I am as a person. So I have to, so I'm, I'm like, generally excited. And I think it, and I think because, like, my standards were, like, still low, I was, like, this is still this is still like really good and like fantastic. I your think. standards were low or your expectations were low because My, yeah. standards being low would be a different. <laughs> it was just terrible standards for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I guess like yeah, like, since my expectations were lower, I was like more impressed. I think mm-hmm. there is definitely predictable. I think um, even like in some senses, I think what happened with the scrolls and Ben Mendelsohn's character. Um, even though I didn't expect that at first, cause it, just cause of like the history of the scrolls, I was still very, I was still like sort of surprised. And I was still sort of surprised when it happened, but like thinking back to it now, like that makes sense. Like how that story ended up be, like how the story ended up turning out. Um, I thought that, yeah, I mean like, I guess I said like, yeah, it was like, it was a really good movie. I think it was like still like a really good movie. I am not sure where I'd rank it yet. Probably, um, probably between. I'm looking at my rankings right now. <laughs> probably like in between, like yeah, probably like in between all the caps or like around Guardians Two or the Avengers. Like, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure yet. I have to look around this some more. But like, it was really. Yeah, really it's too sound. early. It's too yeah. Early it's to too place. early. I can't rank a movie right after I get out. Yeah, it's, it, I, th- I thought it was really, it was still pretty solid. I was impressed by, like, how they, I guess, observed, like, the, oh, my dreams are, like, having dreams of, like, my past. And I'm, glad, I, I'm really glad, like, with how, like, they handled that and, like, how they sort of almost, like, subverted that. Um, and I thought, yeah, I thought it was, like, you know, pretty good for what it was. I think that this movie's success should be credited entirely on Brie Larson. I didn't think the direction was as strong and still pretty, like, textbook. Um, but <clears throat> other than that, um, I think I think it was still, like, pretty solid. I would definitely watch it again. But, like, I think I'm just also a little bit, like, bitter because of all the conflicting viewpoints of this movie I've heard from people because it's a woman leading a film and that's not cool in 
some male's eyes. Well, do we, that's do we very get a broad. little deeper into those? Like, we're not trying to legitimize those voices because they're bad, stupid. <laughs> but I mean, the main thing is that while I sit, why I don't endorse it in any way. It's a little more nuanced than that because they are kind of making mountains out of molehills from Brie Larson's comments to, um, like, public statements about, um, you know, it was about, uh, okay, let's rewind a little bit because, Izzy, you wrote a, you wrote a, you wrote a piece for us, um, Mm -hmm. basically how you were worried about some aspects of Captain Marvel based on the marketing, and this, uh, this YouTuber... (laughs) Um, found the article somehow, and kind of tried to utilize it to support his, uh, this weird, uh, rumor slash leak slash theory slash bullshit that Marvel had no confidence in Captain Marvel and had a version of Endgame that had her less. I mean, and, I don't... Yeah, like, go ahead. I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, I feel like every, I mean, like they have that, they have that for Spider-Man, like in a different, in a different sort of sense, like for different, completely different reasons. They had that for Spider-Man too, like a cut with with Spider-Man and a cut without Spider-Man, just in case, like, well, for scripts, just because, like, just in case, like, you know, they didn't get the deal. Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, it's. I mean, they mean like, like in the editing room, you know. Yeah, Um, like it's. I mean, like, so my fault. So I watched like part of that video, and like, the problem I have with it was like, like it. What, like, like sort of the theory he had like found on Reddit like did make somewhat sense, and then when he started talking about my article, he just said something completely factually wrong. And I'm like, well, you've already lost the point. So, um, yeah. nice try. But like, I'm, I mean, I would not have been surprised if there if this movie like was poorly received. I would actually think like. You know, it's not unreasonable to have that for them to have like a backup plan. I mean, obviously, this movie is going to be. I think this movie, mm, that's another point for later. But like, I think this movie is going to be um, moderately successful in the end. But like, I would not be surprised if they actually did have like a second cut just in case like this movie was panned. Sure, like, I, that, well, like, I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make is that he, the the reason why he was so against this movie was because. Brie Larson was basically saying, um, hey, um, regarding A Wrinkle in Time, directed by Ava DuVernay, I don't care what 40-year-old white men have to say about this movie. I want to read critics from, like, underrepresented audiences. Like, I want to read, like, women and women of colors. I want to, I, I, color, I want to hear their opinions. And people are, like, construing that as, Oh, you're racist and sexist against white men, aren't you? That well, was actually screw you. It was actually a really so I didn't actually watch the video about Izzy's thing, but I looked through the comments of a fair amount, and a lot of them were saying Brie Larson is racist, and I was really confused. <laughs> I was like, what it's did like... she say about like I thought they meant like racist against an actual minority? So I, like, looked up, like, Brie Larson racist, question mark, and it was just, like, she hates white people. I was like, oh, this is stupid. This is, we're having a stupid argument. Ah, so yeah. this is, this is bull- ah, this is bullshit. Yeah. I mean, all the comments in that is, like, Brie Larson can't act, and it's like, first of all, have you seen Room? Amazing. Short-term and 12? Short-term 12, she's great. Free fire! 
I never saw Free Fire, but I did want to. It I miss really it too. Good. I really want to see it. It's, um, community then, season four. <laughs> was she in Community? That's fun for her. She was. She was the coat check girl um, in Abed's uh, eventual girlfriend. Um, the, nice. the, the, the basically. The, <laughs> Basically, the their argument was that, uh, like, you know, the guy was trying to sound like he was operating in good faith by being like, oh, I really like Spider-Verse, I really like Black Panther, but the stars uh, were not antagonistic uh, towards white men, they were positive, whereas Brie Larson is just snooty, like, he actually used the word snooty, and, Did he just you know, really, he's... like... I have a black friend movies. Yeah. Like, I have liked movies. This was amazing. And, I'm all for and diversity. I'm... And he he was arguing about how um, Brie Larson was basically saying, like, this movie isn't for you, which people are taking the, completely the wrong way. She's not saying you're not allowed to watch the movies. She's saying that, hey, um, women are probably going to have, like, more thoughtful critiques on this movie. But then later on, the guy literally said, "And you know, Marvel can make a feminist space movie. You know, that I'm that's that's this fine. It wouldn't be my kind movie. of movie." And then he's like, "And I'm like, you literally just disproved this. Like, you literally said this movie is not for me, and you're complaining about Brie Larson saying it's not for you." <laughs> and also, so you know those Wired autocomplete Google interview things that go viral. So she sure. did one recently. Um, and it's basically like you just put your name in and you see what the most common Google searches are. And usually they're really well liked in the comments. Like it was like half negative down votes. And like the comments were just like, she has no personality. Like she's going to ruin Captain Marvel. Like she, she can't act. She's just such a bland person. And I got very interested. So I looked into it and she's mm-hmm. a very, apparently a very private person. Like, she doesn't like revealing a lot of, like, private information about herself. She's very reserved. Mm. Um, so, basically, she had to, like, do an interview where it's just revealing information about herself, which she doesn't like to do. Yeah. So she was kind of mm. cold the whole time because she's like, I don't enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, she, what? okay, why does everyone just want her to smile so much? Like, I know why, because it's sexist. But it's just everyone's like, her face is so wooden. It's like smiling takes effort like my muscles have to move and also why do you think women should smile all the time but it was weird how much how much of this was just directed squarely at like brie larson as a person because even even like with like the other like female-led movies that have gotten like intense like backlash like we can even say like the ghostbusters 2016 movie none of them was like melissa mccarthy as a person They've just, like, zeroed in as Brie Larson as, like, a figurehead for, like, ev- all the crazy, air quotes, crazy feminists that hate Leslie Jones kind of got driven off of social media, though. Like, people yeah, I think that her was, in particular really bad. That was also very race-based. Like, they were being yeah, exactly. pretty racist. Like, it's, yeah, for, for Ghostbusters, it was, like, just the idea and then, like, everything around it, except, like, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Because I guess he's a Chris. So well, people it. people were like, "Oh, they're making the one male main character an idiot." Like, like, <laughs> like I didn't hear about that. I was just like, "Oh, yeah." People were complaining about that. Yeah, but like, um, I got my point. Um, but yeah, oh, no, I remember my point. But yeah, like, I think it just basically like, a lot of I guess like the hate and like misogyny and like just the like I guess a more 
distinguish words like douchebaggery and like all that surrounding this movie. It's because she like, has it's because Brie Larson has something to say and she is not complacent. She's not complicit in the uh, part, uh patriarchy that is like you know nerd fandom and whatnot. It's just like I guess disheartening, like just seeing it like over and over again, thinking like we, thinking like we've. I mean, we've evolved, right, as, like, human beings, and then I see all this stuff, and it's like, oh, fuck no, we haven't. (laughs) We'll never evolve as human beings. We're going to be monkey brains forever. Yeah. It's it's incremental. It's, I mean, we are are better now than we were in the 90s, let's say. But, man, but, but like, with new mediums like the internet, it is easier to be a shitbag. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a very good quote. Yeah, I'll put that. Is that what our, our AP Marvel T-shirts will say? Yeah, yeah, that'll be the back of the shirt. And... It's easier to be a shitbag on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, I guess in terms of Brie Larson in this movie, to guess, just for us to guess, this to steer off, steer more on course towards like our hot takes mm-hmm. about Captain Marvel, um, while also being about hot takes about um, our society. Um, I think Brie Larson did a really I think like Brie Larson was very like she I think her person for how however she reserved however reserved she is I think her personality like I think really shows through in this character and that like it really fit her well it felt so natural to her to act this way mm-hmm. and like her character um and I was like very honest and like a portrayal I think she cared and I honestly do think she carried the movie because i wasn't i was so i was purely invested like in her the entire way through yeah i loved her as a character i do i agree i think she did really well in this role um i think she was just like she was just like a very to me at least like a very likable character and like a character that you pretty quickly were like i care about what happens to you because mm-hmm. you either you're just i lost my words can I get mad about Mary Sue's? Yes. <laughs> okay. I saw your point. <laughs> and I was like, so let's talk about Mary Sue's kids and why no one on the internet knows what they are. Layla, so, what are Mary Sue's? I'm glad you asked. A Mary Sue is primarily a fan fiction term for a character, a generally a self-insert-esque female character that's instantly good at everything. Um, if you've ever read any fan fiction of anything, you'll generally notice if it's written by young 13-year-old girls, they often have a character that's kind of emblematic of who they are that comes in and is super powerful and good at everything. It's just, like, really fun because you're 13 and that's fun. People have taken this this term and have begun to apply it to movie characters as, like, a female character that's instantly good at everything and never struggles. It was famously a big debate, uh... Uh, spearheaded by none other than Max, Max Landis, Landis for The Force Ray. Awakens. Oh, great. About, oh, okay. We talking about I... Max Landis today, kids. Oh. Um, complaining about Ray. He's done so he did he talked about it so long. And they're basically like Ray never struggled with anything and she was instantly good at everything she did, blah 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 blah. So that was like I'm not gonna get into that whole debate because that's a bottle of worms on its own. So when I was watching this movie, I was like, huh. Captain Marvel is a very powerful character who's very skilled at several things. I'm betting a thousand dollars people are going to call her a Mary Sue. And I haven't really gone down that rabbit hole yet because I don't want to see it. (laughs) But here's why that's wrong. 
<laughs> ah, I was going to say, I thought you were going to get mad by Mary Sue's because you thought she was a Mary Sue. And I was no. like, she's not a Mary Sue. That's what I thought. Because she's just, Captain Marvel is inherently a very powerful character, just like in terms of her abilities. Um, and so she can like use her powers a lot. And she's a very well-trained pilot. And she can do a lot of things. So I just... A Mary Sue isn't a character that is good at things. A Mary Sue is a character that is only good at everything and is pretty flat and, like, is basically a self-insert. And they generally don't lack both... They lack both, like, uh, depth and abilities and also depth and character. Because they're just... Their their purpose is to be really good at stuff. Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel is in no way a Mary Sue... Because while she's very good at, like, physical abilities, like flying, and she has her powers pretty under control because she's had them for six years, she would. I saw, already saw someone complain about that. It's been six years. She can <laughs> shoot something now. Um, she does have, like, struggles because she struggles with emotional arcs, which are important, too. And I feel like often are, like, undercut and... Um, some, like, big action movies. Like, she struggles emotionally. And I think she has, like, she's not great at everything. That's, like, what a lot of her, those flashback scenes of her, like, falling down and stuff is. Like, she's not good at everything, and no one's good at everything. But it matters more that, like, you keep getting up and you keep trying again. And she, like, she fails sometimes. She's not great at everything, but she's coming into her abilities and she's um, getting more in touch with her emotional side and understanding that part of her. And so just everyone who calls her Mary Sue just basically means they don't like women characters that are good at things. And I just don't, if I know I'm going to see it soon, I'm going to see those words next to each other, Captain Marvel, Mary Sue, and I'm just going to lose it. It's because they're threatened. They're so mad that there's a woman better than them. Yeah. yeah. They get so upset when, like, and men in action movies? Have you ever seen an action movie? They're good <laughs> at everything. Like, have you seen a Fast and Furious movie? Mm. Have you seen Jurassic isn't Park that like World? A, isn't that like a male term for that? Like it's Gary, a Gary Stu. Stu. Gary yeah. Stu. But, but no one really calls people Gary Stews very often. Like, I think I saw the only one was like for Jurassic World. For, for Scott's Owen. character. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like, I mean... This is not to defend this in any way, but this is just an observation, I think, that no one calls out Gary Sue's because there are so many of them. So it's just like a drop in an ocean um, for that part. But also, I, doesn't like Captain Marvel, she literally gets kidnapped in like the first like 10 minutes. Yeah. No character, like, she's... She's not a Mary Sue, and none of you know what a Mary Sue is, and I'm gonna lose it. Just read, go to Wattpad. Search, I don't know, what's it? What's one with a, search One Direction fan fiction, and you'll find a thousand. Don't even worry about it. But not, it's not very common for Mary Sue's to lead big budget action movies. And if you think she's a Mary Sue, I would beg you to reconsider that, because you're probably wrong. And that's it. <laughs> Gary Gary Sue example uh, Chris Pratt in the Lego movie 
But I thought he's supposed to be that on purpose. Yeah. I thought, mm. like, the Lego movie is a commentary on, like, the whole... Because that's why it's called, like, the special. It's, like, a commentary on the whole chosen right, one right. graded everything. Because the, um... I forget the female lead Wild name, style. But, yeah, but she was, she was, like, training. She was working hard mm-hmm. for that. And then, basically, here comes Chris Pratt. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm the best anyway. Yeah. I don't even think he's a Gary Stu in that movie because he does struggle. He's not great at everything. He's just the chosen mm. one. Yeah. I think if anything, Wild Style would be more of what people think of Mary Sue is, but she's also not great at everything. She mm. struggles emotionally, and emotional struggles are valid. That's, that's yeah. That point. I mean, the, the, I mean, I, I think a lot of the like the big, the big part of her character to me was that, um, like, the point of that montage to me was that she has worked all of her life, like for what she wants you know Mm -hmm. um she's determined she's motivated and she puts the work in she puts the time in um so to call her mary sue that's just like like you know you said in a very eloquent way that's that's just very like missing that's like a lack of understanding of the definition (laughs) so it's um the problem with with uh, that I have is that I couldn't really. I, I liked the whole through line of her kind of figuring out that she does not need to prove anything to anyone but herself. You know, she had that little Indiana Jones moment where he interrupts Jude Law by just fucking shooting him. <laughs> that moment <laughs> when, I didn't see coming from miles away, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm, I think. Yeah. I think like I had this. I, I had the same feeling like in retrospect like. Yes, like, it was expected, because it's, like, the big bad was just, like, over, and it's, like, is she just gonna fight him now? Like, no, it's probably done, and Jude Law doesn't die, I guess, which is great. Yay, don't kill your villains! The, the, the thing is that I was wondering, kind of, what her motivation from the very beginning was. Like, what happened in her... Like, it doesn't have to be, like, oh, he's doing... She's doing this because, like um for someone else like you know if 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 he if she does it for like a dead parent or sibling like that's a little cliche and cl- like cl- sorry i said cliche and trite and one so <laughs> cliche <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know i'm like wondering like does she just want to see does she just like why does she want to fly you know that was a big question that i had a very basic question that i felt could have um filled in a lot of things for me because it's it's cool to like you know, I I understand how much this means for for young girls to kind of have a role model to to kind of inspire like hey I want to do something when I grow up and I'm not going to let you know the forces that be particularly like uh, men in power uh, put me down but I just want like she seems more like a template to me in this movie than an actual character with motivation. So when you guys were kind of like talking about a personality, I'm, I'm, I kind of wanted to ask you two, like how would you describe her as a character? Because I felt like I was missing something. I think to describe, to describe her as a character, I think, um, Carol Danvers is really, sorry, I'm trying to put this eloquently. I think she's very strong. Um, and she's like she's hardworking, and like she'll get the job done, and she'll work hard. To, like, if she really cares about something, she will do whatever she can to like excel at it, like prove her point, like prove her place. But um, I think she can be a little like I don't know if headstrong is the right word, but like definitely like sometimes won't think before she acts in some senses. And I think 
and Captain Marvel you see here like trying to be like more smart and trying to think things out but she's very confident and headstrong and will really give like will like will give like less than two shits if you like if you like don't like her whatever um I think it was just like that sort of like she has like a very take charge personality I think from what I saw but I think like a lot of these could be like you know inferred a lot of it is pulled from like her as veers um and you don't get like I think the glimpses you get of her like when she's before like in her past like I think those memories mainly focus on like you know when she's like like as she's like lived because like right now she's like I mean it's an origin story but not an origin story in the sense like like a very very early origin story you know it's not gonna talk about her time like and her like her past and like those memories it's gonna talk about like when she got her powers and so if there were a sequel like maybe you can explore like why she wanted to fly but at the same time like all her memories are in like a locked cage that like, she can't really grasp anymore so um I also had like some I was also like debating to it like, oh is this like a Mary Sue and whatnot and like when I so I was so like say after I see after I saw the movie um one of my friends, I think I mentioned this already, but, like, yeah, he was really excited about Captain Marvel, and then, like, after the movie was over, he was really concerned that they said, they basically made Superman, because they thought, because he thought that, like, Captain Marvel was too powerful, and I defended saying, yes, but that's, like, a later problem in the MCU, and I think now that is not a relevant problem. I think she's also, like, in, like, if you look up, like, most powerful Marvel characters, she's always near the top. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always been, like, one of the characters people have said has been overpowered for, like, decades, especially since she became Captain Marvel from Miss Marvel. Um, to speak on, like, her personality thing, I did think she kind of has, like, that confidence. She's, like, she has that trademark Marvel snarkiness. Yeah. That pretty much every man has, but now a woman has it. So she can do the quips, too. But I think she knows when to stop more than I think the other men. Like, she can switch from, like, very jokey to very serious on a dime. Like, she knows. um, And I think that's one of her, her, like, flaws is, like, she can be a little cocky with, like, her abilities and, like, what she thinks she's capable of. Um, And she can both, like, overestimate herself and underestimate herself at points. Yeah. Yeah. I think also she has, like, I think their central flaw um, that, I guess, doesn't make her Mary Sue is that she's still trying to figure out her own identity. Like, she was just six, she was Veers for six years, but she was Captain Mark, she was Carol all her life, and I don't think she fully remembers everything yet. Am I right? Yeah, she's getting, like, bits and pieces. Yeah. The- <laughs> so I think she's trying to construct, like, I think, well, right, well, right now, and I think, throughout the movie when she's not like like, outside like this outside the conflict she's still trying to figure out who she is um and melding carol and veers together um and that's a big con i think that's a big like emotional arc of this movie which i really really liked you're you're right i think my problem is that i knew all about veers and not enough about uh carol carol danvers so i think kind of what i like what i was kind of wishing for was just a better version of man of steel (laughs) i like this way more than man of steel oh yeah (laughs) i hate man of steel with a pack yeah i mean like like the length of this movie 
This yeah, I sure. was so happy this movie was mm. kind of short. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, okay, this is definitely where we defer then, because I kind of wanted more. Um, the thing about Man of Steel is that I, the, the my my short review of Man of Steel is, yeah, nice try, uh, because I I kind of liked the nonlinear storytelling. Like I didn't actually like. <laughs> I liked a lot of ideas of how um of how they would build up the relationship with like Martha Kent and Jonathan Kent and. Um, how it would relate to Clark Kent as a human being in the present day. Granted, I did not like the actual things they were saying. Like, I thought a lot of the um, actual story beats were very, you know, contradictory to the Superman character. But having a kind of like, you know, like episodes of Lost, there would be like present day storyline and a flashback storyline, and it thematically links together. So when you're talking about the identity of, like, you know, the battle between Carol and Veers, it doesn't register to me because I don't, like, again, like, Carol Danvers just feels like a template to me, and it doesn't, I'm not invested in her kind of, like, um, you know, just rediscovering herself or becoming a new person from from um, both sides of her. Like, it just, it doesn't really mean a lot to me because I feel like I just didn't get enough of that, and... Um, you know, maybe I'm just crazy for liking longer movies. Like, I'm so excited that Endgame might be three hours long. Because <laughs> I just, I just want to like, I just want to, I just want to like, ah, I just want to Three hours texture, of you know? your favorite characters. You could watch Lawrence of Arabia. Ooh. I, okay, to say on your point, like, the Veers-Carol dichotomy, to me, I kind of took it as Veers as kind of like the epitome of like, the female projection that society expects of women heroes. Like, they're very strong. They keep their emotions in check. They compete with men. They can compete with men. They are... Mm -hmm. um, While Carol is, like, the actual kind of depiction of what a woman hero is, like, she doesn't always have to keep her emotions in check, and she doesn't have to prove herself to other people, and she's confident in herself, and that's what gives her the strength to do good. So that's why I kind of like the the two. Um, yeah, that was my main thing. I yeah, I mean, I, I, granted, I'm glad they didn't do they didn't use the Iron Man one outline of, hey, here's that per- here's the hero before and then here's the hero after, like a very very linear, like you know, Doctor Strange. Hey, he was an asshole. Now he's kind of okay. <laughs> or um, Cap one, like hey, he was skinny. Now, now he's, he's strong. <laughs> yeah. Now he's hot. Um, so you know, I'm 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 glad. Like the opening scene wasn't like, you know, Carol and Maria singing at you know karaoke at the bar, and then like I'm I'm glad I'm glad they they started off with her. She's already Captain Marvel. I think that's a better way to start the movie. I just kind of wanted a little more to like contextualize her character development better. That's just that's. That's my point, I guess. I personally just didn't like the 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 way the main scroll flashback scene was constructed. Like the it whole felt, like rewind. Like the rewinding. It went on a little too long and was a little I, I kinda think, liked that. I, I kinda like I just think <laughs> it was like it was like a bit that took a while to like get there and then when it did get there it kind of dropped from being a bit to like this is serious and it kind of felt like a cheap way to give backstory I it's like they're literally scrolling through her memories i honestly thought yeah. i would have hated this movie a lot more if it was like 
her dreams were like the like the very cliche. Her dreams are her memories. Like she has a dream of like that's why they call it the cockpit. And then she wakes up, and I'm like, ugh, your remember your dreams are your memories. Like that would have really pissed me I off. I forgot about that line. <laughs> it made me so angry. I was like, this is a actual like remark people have said, and it's so dumb. And it just epitomizes them. It epitomizes the male misogynist tendencies of society. <laughs> Also, the telling her to smile. Yeah. And stealing his bike. That's that was fe- gold. That's I love the that. Fe- the future feminists want. I almost. Is stealing swore. the property of every sexist man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that works. <laughs> also. Yeah. Granted, like, the, the actual line of dialogue of that was a little on the nose, but, like, the, I mean, the, you know, it was cathartic in a way. Uh. <laughs> also, so, um, I have a shirt from um, Jordan Dean, which, if you have not checked out their goods, Please do. They're so soft. They're really soft tank tops and shirts, and they're so oh, they're so this great. This brought to you by Jordan D. <laughs> Please sponsor. I'm just kidding. Um, but I had a soft. I had a. I had a tank top from her. Um, and it was like a Jessica Jones inspired shirt, but it said "Don't tell me to smile," and I almost wore that. I was like, hmm, should I wear it? But oh, I was like, no, it's not me, Robin. Oh, missed opportunity. But as but um, that was an aside. But I think both of you bring up a really good point. In like, she still. I think Carol still shares the same sort of personality traits and tendencies as like, like the snarkiness and like, you know, like she's cocky, like, and that's like Tony Stark's like arrogance in some senses. And I think that stems from a problem of not. I think that stems from the problem of, I guess, a typical Marvel protagonist template that I think they need to break. That will probably end up being another episode because I just saw that right now. I was like, oh, that's a really great idea. But, like, that, I think those concerns are, like, really prevalent. Like, it would be really good and prevalent for another episode. I think that Carol definitely has. Yeah. I mean, I want to see how her personality clashes with everyone else. Yeah. Um, One more thing about the flashback I want to say also, we, yeah, then we, gotta, then we gotta move on. We, still have, like, <laughs> we got so much stuff. Yeah. yeah, we're only, like, almost an hour in, and we're, like, two points in the document out of, like, ten. We're gonna anyway. do a, a speed run. Yeah. yeah. But mostly it's um, really quick, too, I think. Like, But yeah, keep going. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I thought the 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 flashback scene when they were fast forwarding and rewinding, I thought that was going to be like a setup for like actual full flashback scenes, but in the end, like the te- the um the structure of each flashback was Carol does something, probably something really fast, falls down, she looks up. A tall man says something bad to her, and then she stands up again. And it's like this is just this just happens to her all the time. And um, you know, I, I kind of get you know, like it, it works for like again the template of like, hey, young women, just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. Also, I was trying to figure out wasn't there one flashback because like you know, there's one where she's like go karting. There's one where she's like swinging on ropes yeah. like, for Air Force training. There is one. I think she was just like riding a tricycle off a ramp on a picnic table and then she just like crashed did i see I that correctly that she did crash like i remember her on the beach. why was she driving a tricycle off a ramp is she trying to be evil knievel <laughs> i think it's like a, maybe a That's bike i'm not sure i'm not sure but I don't um remember that one. <laughs> yeah um so yeah we have a lot more to get through so i'll have to cut you off um sure but i guess to speak more about subversion um Dylan. the scrolls um, we love refugees. I 
I because like this, I know the scrolls are known for like, the scrolls are known for being really nebulous in like Marvel comics, like and they're the villain. And I'm not sure if Marvel is gonna completely disclassify them as like oh like a human like a, not a human race I'm sorry like an alien race that like needs other. I'm not sure if they're gonna completely characterize them as like this as like sort of this like this alien race like looking for a home like to just use like familiar like, just use like familiar I guess concept like the Asgardians like searching for a home like Asgardian refugees. Um, I don't know if they're going to stick with this scroll refugee image, but I am not sure how I feel about it. I'm glad that they were sort of subverted and like Ben Men- and Ben Mendelsohn's character was fantastic. Loved it. But if they're going to, if they will, if they're sticking with this scroll refugee, I guess story the entire the entirety of the MCU and not using them like I guess in phase in, like later phases or like later movies, I don't know how to feel about that. Listen, Izzy, look, just like humans, there are good humans and bad humans. There could be good scrolls and bad scrolls. That's true. Like, there's also good Kree and bad Kree. There's... I can't think of any of them, but yeah. Can't think of any good Kree? <laughs> well, is Marvel a Kree? Yeah, yes. she's a good Kree. Okay, yes. Because we got, Carol's like, Marvel is on one side and then Ronan's the other. Yeah, like, that's Kree a very was. good... And, like, yon yeah. is, like, a middle, maybe. Maybe more towards Lee Pace, but yeah, he's hashtag to not Pace. all scrolls. <laughs> yeah, hashtag I think not like, all Kree. Yeah, I mean they're probably not gonna stick with like the scroll refugee storyline like the entire way and categorize scrolls like sort of like the refugee race. But like, I was like, I really hope they don't have this carry out into like future movies. I don't know. I liked it mm. because I don't like clear cut war stories where it's like, and unless it's like World War Two. Which is probably the clearest cut of the wars, but even so, not really. Like, there's really never, like, this is the 100% right side and this is the 100% wrong side. Because wars are such, like, a messy thing. And what Mm -hmm. they get started over is really never what it continues to go on about. Mm -hmm. And so I just, like, I know, like, the Korean and the schools are, like, the big big fighting. And I just thought it would be really boring if it was just, like, we hate each other and the schools are bad and the Kree are good. And so... I did mm. like that subversion because I think what's what I think what's really what misses what's I think what's missing in a lot of kind of war stories is like the individual people that are affected that aren't fighting. They're just people whose races or nations or whatever happen to get into this fight. And so I think this whole scroll angle does bring a, a greater amount of depth to the story in terms of, like, what the fighting and what the war is about, and I did appreciate it. Um, in terms of the future, I mean, we can have some evil shapeshifters. Like, that'll be fun. But uh, I do think they... I just hope they, they don't make a blanket statement for either group, because that, yeah. I think, is the worst-case scenario. And I hope they don't keep with, like, the Kree are all, like, duplicitous. And I'll have... I'll, I'll say, like, when... Um, when, like, the, the scroll, when Ben Mendelsohn <laughs> was, like, being, like, the refugee ship is, like, over here. I was, like, if they make this a twist, if they, like, make him a double crossers, cr- uh, like, if he double crosses them by saying, like, we are refugees, and I'm, like, oh, Marvel, that's not, that's, that's going to be really <laughs> fucked up. If you're, like, we're fake refugees. So I'm really glad they didn't do that. Yeah, mm. I think I just, I think I would have appreciated, like, a bit more, like, nuance on both sides like scroll very much nuance like i really like i really i really like what they did i'm just like if they continue to do this for the future i would like be like hmm 
I'm not sure. But, like, I maybe... I guess maybe seem like, I guess, another like, side of, like, career, I, I don't know, maybe, like, some Cree undercover ally or whatever, like, within Yon Rog's, like, sort of troop enlistment um, squadron. Yeah, squadron. I, I'm like, like, some, like, sort of Cree, I guess, like, Cree support, like, for Marvel, like, maybe within that squadron. Might have been cliche, now that I'm talking about it now, but, like, I think would have added some, like, more nuance that maybe I was missing, that I was maybe I was, like, trying to look for. No, we did get a little background on how Korath became a little more evil, because he was, like, pro He was with Yon, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was, like, with Yonrog, but you can see, like, when Ronin shows up, he was like, ooh, I kind of like what that guy has to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, get, get that nice Korath backstory, which I know everybody wanted. Um, yeah. And Korath is the key to Phase 4. He better be. He's, he Korath be. is the Turk of That's this. That's what I was about to say. I was like, I hope he becomes the Turk and he just shows up and he was like, fuck this shit and leaves and before he gets like punched. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that, um, I, I went into the movie thinking that both factions would be assholes <laughs> and that Carol I would have kind of wanted I, I didn't that. think it would be like, I didn't think it would be a one good, one bad. I just thought like Carol would be like, hey, fuck it to all of you. But I think, you know, the, the hints to me that there's going to be a quote-unquote real bad guy is that, number one, uh, you don't actually see uh, a clip of, like, the final battle between the hero and who you think will be the bad guy in the trailers. So, like, for example, you never saw Tony Stark fight Ben Kingsley in the Iron Man 3 trailers. Number two, it's usually, like, the person who has the and billing on the poster. So, like, Guy Pierce had the and mm. uh, billing. Oh, no, Ben Kingsley did, but, like, Guy Pierce was, like, strangely, like, prominent, even though, like, the trailers did not focus on Guy Pierce at all, for example. Yeah, yeah Jude but, Law. Like, Jude Law. Jude, yeah. yeah Jude, Law, Jude Law is an and. <laughs> well, I guess, like, well, actually, think about it now that, because, that, like, usually it's just Sam Jackson. But mm-hmm. I think he's Sam always Jackson, the end. Yeah, but I think it's because like Sam Jackson has like a role in this story. He's like the second biggest character. Yeah, which is probably why. Sorry, go on, Chris. <laughs> That's a distraction. That was a detraction. Uh, I think that was pretty much all I was gonna say. Oh. But also, also shout out to uh, to Morgan for after he walked out the theater, they went. Um, who is that? Um, who is that? Michael Fassbender, Jude yeah, Law exactly. ripoff. Jude Law. Like, that was Jude Law. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, I know he looked rough. He looks kind of scruffy there, but that was that was a hundred percent Jude Law. Well, Jude Law could still get it. <laughs> Jude yeah, Law is yeah. a powerful name, by the way. That, is a, that name uh, has supreme power in it. Like you know, <laughs> big like, Jude Law energy. Like that is big Jude Law energy. Like it's not. It kind of has like malicious power to it. Like he's kind of like the kid in like a private school who's like, wait yeah. till my father hears about this. <laughs> but it's also like, a, like he'll. Mm, he was the Pope, too. I'm just trying to... Oh, the young Pope? Young Pope. That was... Yeah. I think it was yeah. good. I only watched the first episode. It was too weird. I couldn't... <laughs> I think, like... I think it would be too weird for me. I think, like... Because I'm trying to remember the first role I saw Jude Law in. Sherlock Holmes. It was not... It was not Sherlock Holmes for me. But I think, like... It, was, it wasn't Sherlock Holmes for me. I do remember in Rise of the Guardians, he was, like... The nightmare spirit... Guardian thing. What? You can't, okay. You can't remember. If you've wa- have you watched that movie? Uh, I've not. Oh, you said. I think the one of the earliest thing I saw in was Gattaca. I remember yeah, I was about Gattaca. to say Gattaca. Yeah. yeah. 
Also, I, I saw that for science class. The second season grade. of The Young Pope isn't called. Isn't the second? Season it's the of new young, pope. It's a new show called The New Pope. Is it like a? Min- <laughs> I think it's a mini series. Yeah. Would well, sense. there are ten episodes, so I think. Yeah, well, that's crazy. Is he still the Pope, or did yeah! he get booted and there's a new Pope? He's still the Pope. He's gone from the young Pope to the new Pope. Was my first. But he's, he, he was new when he was young, so is, would he just be the Pope or the old Pope? Oh my god. Was my first Jude- Wait, stop. Was my first- My first Jude Law movie was Contagion. <laughs> oh, I think I saw him in Hugo when I was pretty young. Oh yeah, I did see him in Hugo. Hugo's very good. I did watch- I watched Contagion first. But like, yeah, my first Jude Law movie was Contagion. That's why I think he's a smarmy bastard. <laughs> Um, but still great actor but like very like ooh shady Um, sorry that's enough but like speaking of I guess Jude Law now I think (laughs) yeah since we are on this train um, I think I'm well yes as we mentioned I'm glad he didn't die at the end Um, I think he had like this really he had this charm about him he was very ego-esque like he was very charming and you couldn't really tell um but he's alive at the end and like it's very like i'm gonna just do i'm just i'm just gonna say charming because anything any other word i'm saying is gonna like freak myself out but like i think it's like a very sexy there you go (laughs) he was a well he's like he was a very i mean in the i guess like if you follow like our our criteria villains like strong motivation like interesting threatening I think he had all of those, and to some, into some, in some degree, he 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 filled in the reassuring mentor role very well. Yeah, he was kind of the the person in the ear, and he always said like he always like gave advice and tried to impart wisdom, but obviously that was all kind of a uh, misdirection. So I I know I should have expected Yon Rog to be the bad guy, um, even though like literally like all I just said. But when the the scene where, um, the flashback where Carol Danvers crashed, and you see an image emerging from the smoke, I actually thought that was gonna be Talos and not Yon Rog, just mm. from like the silhouette. But I was like, I, no, oh, yeah, me too. Jude Law's the bad guy. In the flashback, she sees him as a scroll. Do you forget that? No, yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah. But like, oh, I because think... did you you miss the first scene? No, the he first did. scene. I'm sorry. I sorry. did. Ah, yeah. the first uh, scene is like her having a dream sequence of the the crash, and Jude Law is there, but he's a scroll with a gun. Oh, uh, okay. So she remembers it wrong. Yeah. I guess I did miss him. <laughs> also, um, that scene like also there's like green Cree blood down her nose rather mm-hmm. than like red because like she thinks she's a Cree. I guess. No, she has Cree blood in. Well, her. well, not yet. Yeah. So well, like in the well, in the crash, it's in like the red. I guess it, in yeah. the dream, it's green. Yeah. I guess in the actual crash, it's red. But I guess like after a while, it turned green. She doesn't know. I she's don't know what's real it. anymore. Yeah, and then she fights Jude Law, and he was like, "God, can't let your emotions get the better of you." Which that <laughs> actually made me suspicious. Any male uh-huh. characters, it's like you can't be so emotional. I'm like, oh, you're a dick. shady. We yeah. can't have a female president. She'd be too emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's um. You talking our ladies? Let's, let's keep going. Talk about more ladies. Lady tonight. Maria and Monica with a note saying, "Make Carol and Maria gay." Damn it! When I saw the flashbacks and I saw them like hanging out with a kid, I was like, "Oh, what if they're just like a married couple and they just have a daughter?" Like that would just be such an easy way to like have a canonically gay protagonist. Well, she's not gay in the comics, right? Uh, Who gives a shit? Well, like that—that's gonna. <laughs> 
Hmm. I think Chris, might. there's so much uproar about this movie that like adding that in, it's like I think so. Oh no. Let's have her by. I can check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also like who cares? That's like true. if you can you can make you can anyone. make the Human Torch, make Michael B. Jordan. Like, who cares about canon? Um, Sulu's gay in Star Trek, but okay, whatever. But I'm just saying that could have been an easy thing to do. I think the only reason that wouldn't have worked um, story wise is because um, it would make it much harder for Carol Danvers to leave Earth at the end. Yeah, I mean that does make I, that does make sense. Like, I think yeah. Granted, granted, close platonic friendships can still be a beautiful thing, which I thought it was in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they were... I think, like, my one hesitation was, like, they seem to, like, bounce back too easily. Like, when like, when Maria was talking to Carol, like, now you're just telling me, like, your veers and, like, you don't even remember who you are. And, like, I was thinking, I guess, is that, like, a bigger, bigger hurdle for them to climb, I guess, to repair their friendship? But they just seem to repair themselves, like, just like that. And, like, in some cases, that's totally possible. But, like, in that sense, I was like, this is very, s- not sudden, but like, oh, that was like a fast like sort of reconciliation. You're right, and it's because Talos showed up, so like the, the, the plot just had to move, mm-hmm. and I kind of, like, because that, that little monologue she gives to Carol is, is, is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good scene between two characters, like, that's the character work I was looking for in this movie. Cement yourself in the vegetal test. I actually just looked it up. So many people have been Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers is one of the newest ones. And uh, one of the people that have been her, uh, Philavelle, is a lesbian. So there has been a lesbian Captain Marvel, but it's not Carol. And then, like, Kamala Khan is by. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, it says Tennessee can be bisexual, but this is not. Mo- this is no way It's kind of implied. Uh, but it's not like out front. But yeah, I need uh, to know more of. But Philavelle is apparently very out front gay. Yeah, She's I mean, it, it could have been uh, the, the reason why I said like just make it a subtle thing. Like, is because the reason why things involving queer characters have caused a shitstorm in the media is because some some filmmaker or some studio. Um, figurehead made a deal out of it so if you have flashbacks to beauty and the beast and they touted the exclusively gay moment there will be a gay moment in beauty and the beast an exclusively gay moment is what they called it beauty and the beast an exclusively gay moment the fact that it was josh gad josh gad gay icon so it, it was just it was just like it was just a an obvious pr thing you know you can have it very subtle in the story and not make a shitstorm about it, and that will mean a lot to a lot of people. Korasami, for Pete's sake. <laughs> Are you referring to, like, the Legend to of Korra ship? Yeah. Okay. You mean the uh, the canonical romance between the two of them? <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it is canonical. Cano- bleh, canonical! Yep. I don't watch a show, mm-hmm. but I just knew that was a thing. They're holding hands at the end in the last shot. They technically could have had Marvell as gay, because Marvell's originally a man, and they made her a woman. a woman. So they could have just kept the sexuality. I mean, yeah, but they never show um, Marvell's love life in any capacity. So we don't see anyone's love life, which is there's like no good. refreshing. There's no romance. Speaking in this movie. of no romance, we got our single mom. Oh yeah, mm. single mom. Have they? The real have, heroes. I have a question. Have they um, 
I already know this is going to happen at some point. Have they cast, like, any, like, young black actresses to be in, like, Endgame or, like, any future movies? Like, I... One of the only young people I saw cast was Catherine Langford. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, yeah, she's not going to be. Because, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Monica Rambeau... Like, people made a big deal about, like, oh, Monica Rambeau was going to be in this... It's going to be in the MCU at some point since, like, Maria's there. And I would not be surprised if that happened at some point. Yeah. Kind of like Cassie Lang. Yeah. Because there, there are, like, rumors of a an older Cassie Lang being cast. Yeah, it's Catherine being... Langford. Uh, or people think she's Kate Bishop, too. Do you want her to be mm. Kate Bishop? She'd be fine. I feel like, but Kate Bishop only gets her meaningfulness from her relationship with Clint. And I feel like if Clint dies immediately, then it's not going to be meaningful. Anyway, we're not talking Hawkeye today. <laughs> That's just what goes on in my head 24-7. <laughs> it's just Hawkeye thoughts. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we like, do we like them, Monica? Yeah, I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. I think like it was very like cute and like endearing. And I'm very excited for what the MCU plans to do with Monica. Like if she's like, like if, if I'm very excited for what the MCU does with Monica and Maria in like the future. And if they mention it in any capacity. I did like Monica playing Uno with this little kid. That was yeah. so cute. And I loved it so much. Just Ben Mendelsohn. Just Ben Mendelsohn. She chose the colors. That was literally me every time I go on Photoshop and I just play around. Yeah. <laughs> I love like the. I just love like Jude Law. What did you do to your uniform? I also like. So apparently their suits have a color changing option. But I have a color wheel on my wrist actually. But just, like, uh, no, they. Have, I have Adobe installed here. Their suits have a color changing option, and she changed the colors, and he was like. What? what did you do? Because I actually, I thought she was about to be like, go get your paints. And she literally paints. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's your spray paint. Is this, was spray paint, spray paint was around in the 90s. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's a brand new technology. Um, only millennials get this. Only millennials remember Only Layla paint. remembers. Oh. What? You're I'm not. Gen, you're Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Only Chris and I remember spray paint. Good grief. <laughs> I was born in 2000. Hey, <laughs> okay. God. Okay. Colson. Colson. I saw a lot of people complaining that Colson wasn't in this movie to, uh, enough, and I think the opposite is true. I or not the opposite. I think he was in it the right amount. I think I would have liked a minute more of him. Okay, maybe one minute more. But I don't understand when people's like he should have been in it more. Like this. Have you just watch Agents of Shield? <laughs> stars in it. I That's... did like him with hair. That was cute. There are that... literally like a hundred hours of Coulson in Age like, of Shield. Because this is like, because like Nick Fury has always been in the movies, but he's never like main a lot. So this is like the most Nick Fury we've ever gotten. Yeah. But we have a whole Coulson show. It's I don't get Coulson. people like not enough Coulson. Like, is this the Coulson movie? Is this Captain Coulson? Captain Coulson. <laughs> I did just like. Him like going, leaving the blockbuster, and be like, "Hey, oh, I collected all the evidence. Where are you?" So yeah, what's 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 going on? And then like the recognition of like, people being like, "Oh shit!" And like, Ooh. do you think that is more in line with Coulson's character of just diligent, busy work? That's just his whole. Thing. I can see young Coulson very much being that person. See, I would. This is like a more. It's like another scroll thing. But what I because like I feel like every scroll tactic was like. Oh, impersonate that person to get impersonate someone to get close with them, and then like when the other person calls, like, "Hey, like, like for Colson, like, hey, where are you?" Like, they already automatically assume the person in the car is like not the actual person. But I'm like, well, what if there was someone like calling, being like, "Hey, so like, I'm Colson, like, I just got evidence, like, where 
I like, think he, like, you? Ins- also, like, when he looked at fake Coulson, he was like, oh, I've been blown. So that wasn't good on the scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even tie him up or something. He was just wandering around an empty blockbuster, and they just did this whole action scene. There was, like, there were gunshots outside, and he didn't, like, run out to see what was happening. <laughs> he needed to collect the evidence, you know? He's he's a nice, he's a good worker, he's making his way through the ring. He's a, what did, Co- yeah. what did, what did Fury say to describe? He's a good detective. Trust his gut. Like whatever. The new guy. The new yeah, guy. Yeah. He's the new guy. Which I think canonically fits with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I think they said he came into the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy out of college. So I guess with the age, I think he he could have like have just gotten out of the academy. Maybe. He did not. I, don't know. Look I just really age. love Agents of Shield. They did not de age him enough. He well, was I've 30 seen. Years old. I look. I mean, Layla, I've like, seen like, some how long would that... Shield Academy take? Like post college. Layla, like, I've seen some people know. in Carnegie Mellon who are like running out of hair. So that's not like unreasonable. <laughs> but like he didn't have. A, he, I don't know. I will say, I it does. I, He's fifty six years old, and he looked maybe thirty. <laughs> some. Look, I someone in my college classes is like in their early, in their late twenties. Oh, okay. so like, I mean, a friend of mine has gray hair and she's eighteen. <laughs> she's yikes. a competitive knitter, you know. They go yikes, hard. Yikes, yikes. Um, <laughs> no, she must be lovely, but just like the gray hair, oh. like oh no. <laughs> I think it's also partly genetic, but yes, mm-hmm. it's stressful. Yeah. I just wish that Coulson would have, like, after his last scene in the office with um, Nick Fury, that you would just see him driving Lola, like, out the window. Doesn't he get Lola a lot later? <laughs> he gets Lola from Fury, right? Actually. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, I don't think they would give the new guy a fancy car right away. There are 111 <laughs> episodes car. of Coulson. You hear that, fans? <laughs> you got If you some... want your Coulson... Actually, Chris, you should say this part. <laughs> Uh, if you want Coulson and you have a Netflix subscription, let me tell you about five excellent seasons of television. Just You're counting the first season as an excellent season of Ooh. television. <laughs> you know, I'm actually strangely nostalgic about the first season because that was before everyone was sad, angry, and violent. Ooh. I stopped watching it once everyone got really sad because I was like, oh, this is a sad show. I thought this was a fun, stupid show. They have not. True. They have not been in their own homes, like on their own beds, since like season three, and they're at like season six now. They have been going through literal hell. Ghost Rider was there. It's literal hell. They like gave like the nice, cute guy fucking brain damage. This sounds like a sad show. Wait, Lincoln? No, like Fit doesn't fit. No, Fit. Fit's got like severe PTSD. And yeah, he gets damage. over it. Spoiler. But well, like that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> He like it. Uh, it like anyway. takes the entire season. But like that's another episode that Chris will probably do at some point. <laughs> yeah, Izzy, do you want to actually? T- um, we'll, we'll put in a break here. Yes. Because uh, yeah, so we can just keep. Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll be right back then. <laughs> I don't look. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna test up front. I don't know shit about like the filmiest techniques of like directing. Or, like not as much as like other people. Right? Cause, like yes, I've been doing this podcast for like yes, I've been on this podcast for like what almost a year. But, like, I still feel like I'm, like, not as versed, and so... You've never seen The French Connection? <gasps> Wait, but... I haven't seen The French Connection either. But have you seen either. Network? <laughs> <laughs> That's also... <laughs> but, like, I did... But, I mean, like, putting that aside, and I think this point, I don't think the directing was very strong. Like I mentioned at the start, I think this movie's success was on Brie Larson and not Bowden and Fleck. Hmm. Um, so I think it was, it was very cookie cutter in a sense of like, 
I guess to compare to the Rutos, like, because that's the first I can think of right now. Because the we talk about the Rutos in our Stuco as like they're masters of genre. Like they know the they know the they know like the like the for community they know the, the comedy genre so well that they can parody it, spoof it, like incorporate other elements and parody those elements. Like with um, there's an they um parody like the apocalyptic genre and the western and like the fantasy D and D, and it looked and like and because of that, the Winter Soldier looked like. It was very complex and like very standard action, but it was so layered and well done because they knew what they were doing. Bowden and Fleck just made a generic action movie, and I felt like it didn't really stand out directing wise. I think they made artistic choices that stood out in certain elements, but like overall, like their direction was like kind of flat. Yeah, I mean, granted, like, their their filmography has solely just been indie stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, so there were scenes, like, the, after Carol sees her, after she listens to the black box, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she has a very serious conversation with Maria and Talos, like, that is a scene that I thought was very well directed. Yeah. Oh, like, I think, I guess acting talent, why is, like, Yes, astounding. But like, yeah, I mean, again, yeah. it, 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 I think it better showcases their strengths as character directors. But they have no, they have zero experience doing something as visually like crazy. At least like the Russos, like they did a lot of visual stuff in Community and Arrested Development. You know, James Gunn had Slither and Super, which are very genre heavy movies. All Bowden and Fleck really have are like indie dramas. Yeah, and I think even then, like. I get the town of like the actors to like help them to get to like that point as well mm -hmm. too. Like to add like to like just combine the thoughts like yes like astounding I guess character moments and development, but a lot of I think that effort was also put in like by the actors themselves. I was actually I think it was when I was watching it I thought I was thinking of the wrong people who directed it. I thought it was directed by the Inside Out woman. Um, Meg with Yeah, no. but she wrote it. Um, she, or she no, did she, the story. She did the story. Um, and then the directors did the screenplay. Um, of their movies, uh, like uh, Bone and Fleck, I'd only heard of Mississippi Grind because every time I go on Amazon Prime, it tells me to watch it. <laughs> uh, and Mendelssohn's in it. We should watch it, probably. Hey, that's right. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds so. yeah. Are we indifferent to Ryan Reynolds in this household? Okay. Um, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, I just thought it was serviceable. I feel like most Marvel movies... Only in, like, recent years have, like, directors actually been allowed to, like, do some outside-the-box directing. Mm -hmm. I'm generally... I think a lot of people say, like, bad, uh, bad editing is when you notice it, which is wrong. But for me, um, my thing is, like, I, I, if I, even if I, like, don't really think about the direction, I think it's just, like, serviceable. Like, it doesn't, like, exceed what I hope it would be. It's just, like, normal. So I thought it was fine. It was never something that was like, wow, that shot or that action scene. But I think it was like, it wasn't, yeah. They could have done more, but I, it is the first time working with this kind of movie. And I can understand it can be daunting, especially mm -hmm. if you're doing a lot of VFX heavy uh, scenes, like doing like very interesting shot compositions would probably be harder mm -hmm. um, with angles. I, I know not a lot about VFX. I just know it's hard. 
Well, you talked very well about it, so good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, this is just the L.A. osmosis. Like, you just <laughs> learn a lot about filmmaking, not because you seek it out, but just you've heard so many people talk about it in restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think, but, yeah, I think you're right. Like, their indie background, like, means, like, they can't really do, like, they don't, I guess, they could, they haven't explored, I guess, like, the bigger scale that they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think, like, even, like, the 90s setting, it was just very... Even, like, the 90s setting, I think they played up, like, oh, a 90s movie, like, very... I think they played up a lot, but, like, I didn't see much. Maybe I'm unfairly comparing this to Guardians, where, like, it was very, very much tied into, like, their story. But here, it's just like, yeah, it's in the 90s. That's it. We'll put the song in the background yeah, while she's I mean, fighting. Great we soundtrack. actually did, like... we. My friends and I listened to the soundtrack the second we got home. And then it just turned into us listening to No Doubt. I did, even though it was so on the nose, I loved a fight scene choreographed to I'm just a girl. That was my favorite scene. I'm like, yes! Yes! This is the the female heavy (laughs) shit that I want. Like, um, I just, it was so on the nose, but it was so good. I just wish it was choreographed more. Like, I think I was expecting more baby driver level choreographing to that Mm. song, which I think is too much to expect from, like, I think the I think the thing that I read was that, you know, James Gunn would incorporate the songs in his screenplay, mm-hmm. but it sounds like Bowden and Fleck chose the songs post production. Mm. Yeah, that probably makes sense. What did they ever say? What year in the nineties it takes place? I believe ninety five. Okay, I think it was ninety five. Yeah, I I would have to watch it again. I because I, I never caught them say like the exact. Well, it would have been, like, on the time card, right? Like, yeah. when they land on, like, C... It's, um, Earth is C-53, right? Uh, 90, it is 95. <laughs> right, yeah. It is 95. Bill Clinton was president. Mm-hmm. And... He was president for, like, the whole 90s. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, that's my thoughts on, like, the directing. As for, like, the 90s sort of genre, Chris, you mind if I read um, this thing you posted? You mean uh, a screenshot of the Wikipedia article that I read while I was lying down in bed, miserable and sick? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Feige added that Captain Marvel would had would have homages to our favorite '90s films, such as the action from Terminator 2, um, cool street level fights, street level car chases, and fun stuff like that. Since the 1990s action genre was one Marvel Studios had yet to explore, he also stated a bunch of films would take place in outer space. Films like Terminator 2, Robocop, The French Connection, and the conversation served as influences to Captain on Captain Marvel for Bowden Fleck. Yeah, I mainly I mainly sent that to you guys as Stuco teachers, not for the podcast, but we can definitely talk about this because um I do love Terminator 2's uh car chases and action sequences and you, you know, like the one car chase in Captain Marvel. Like I think they tried to kind of go for that. I think my problem with that was that Carol uh, veers on the train and Fury on the car were like totally disconnected, unrelated, and they never really matched. They never really met up, you know. Yeah, I think like it was very awkwardly like sort of directed and like choreographed. This is for most of the action scenes in the movie. Yeah, it, was fine. it was like fine, not like astounding, but like you know, it was what it was. Um, and it was still like engaging and like entertaining. Um, I don't. Know, I guess maybe I haven't. I've only watched, like, The Terminator, um, and not Terminator 2 yet, but, like... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm... Get on that. I know. <laughs> it's I'm trying. <laughs> Which one's that 
I've only seen the Terminator. Of those? Yes. Like, no, not even the, not even two, just the Terminator. I think I've only mm. seen two. Well, look at that! <laughs> two sides. <laughs> okay, I've seen RoboCop. Yeah, there are, there are debates about which one's the better one. I think Terminator 2 is, like, the definitive one because it just had a bigger budget, but the Terminator, Terminator you know, 2 there's a certain charm to it that I think is kind of missing. And, but, you know, uh, the, the it's hard to kind of just jump into a blockbuster, like, for your first blockbuster and just make a good chase scene. Like, you have to have, like, I think some of the best directors of chase scenes are, like, um, you know, Steven Spielberg knows how to make a chase scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gore Verbinski of, you know, Pirates in the Caribbean knows how to make a good chase scene. Louis Leterrier, <laughs> the tie in our Suka material. Oh my the, God. the transporter, yeah, there was a lot of transporting in those movies, now you if you see remember. me, it's just one endless chase scene, and it's amazing. I fucking hate that movie, but yes, you're right, <gasps> what? it is. I love Now You Have we not me. talked about this? We probably oh have, God. but you didn't oh mention your God. hatred it's for it. It's so stupid, it's amazing. I had a tweet, um, I had a tweet once that was like, um, are you really my friend if you love Now You See Me? <coughs> and one of my best friends and friend of the show, Laura Berry, who was in one of our episodes, uh, she replied, Chris, I have terrible news for you. <laughs> <laughs> and she sat me down, we saw the second one, and I thought it was better. Wait, you thought the thought second was one was better than the first one? Ooh, we now got we have a lot. The first one was a filmmaking mess. I was just, the only part I liked was when, um... Uh, Dave Franco escaped from Mark Ruffalo. Tell me the plot of the second movie. Um, Do it. Uh, there were two Woody Harrelsons. That's not the plot. Daniel Radcliffe was there, and the he tried to do a car trip. That's not the back, plot. And then You're just they saying. Over I Kay, Chris right? answer the question. That was the first one. <laughs> uh, Jesse Eisenberg fell down, and then he became a. That's puddle. in the trailer. <laughs> And uh, 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 Isla Fisher wasn't there anymore, and she got replaced by Lizzie Kaplan because still not the plot. Reasons. Oh, <laughs> uh, there were two Woody Harrelsons, and I was confused the whole time. Because <laughs> he has a twin, and that's how he could do magic. Have you not seen the Prestige? Yeah, and the twin was clearly like high all the time. He was stoned out of his mind. That's also taken from the Prestige. Movies just steal. <laughs> prestige is one of my favorites of all time. Spoilers for the Prestige. Oh, whoops! <laughs> Massive spoilers. It's okay. I've seen. I've seen the Prestige. It's okay. I have may not. Have. I have some level of class. That's not every spoiler for the Prestige. There's like two big mm. ones. Yeah, <laughs> and I ruined one. Yeah. Of them. Oh no! Um, cut out no. Nineties. Nineties. Um, yeah, I think. I, I like the. Soundtrack. I like the aesthetic. Um. Yeah, I too remember slow load times and CDs. <sighs> that was wait. That was a really that was like actually kind of a good joke. The more I thought about it, I, was like, I actually did like it. the slow load time joke a lot. Yeah, it was just because it was just really intense. And then all the future science people are like, "What's going on?" They're like, "It's loading." I think it's got to load. I think like I think if you watch this movie, like I think like in a couple of years, like in like twenty thirty five or whatever, like it's gonna be like old. But like right now. Very good. <laughs> they got pay phones. They like can't make that those yeah. long distance cars. She went to a web cafe, an internet cafe. Yeah, it was just her like t- her typing was like that. I feel like doesn't make sense. Even if you're from the future, also Nick Fury typed like that, which is but like he did it at a faster speed. But she still was like Avengers. That's supposed to be like deliberate, like that's that's movie typing in general no, was, because the audience has. To. He was doing it when he was describing the phases. I got it to Marvel, where it's like phase one. Oh, we no. get the 
heroes. <laughs> they they did use the the terms phase in Avengers One, like Phase Two is like, hey, we're gonna make the tesser we're gonna make Tesseract nukes. Okay, can I just say when the Tesseract showed up, I screamed. I was like, oh shit! I, would, I did not see that coming. I didn't in the see slightest. it at all. That's yeah. That's something we need to talk. Like that's it. something we need to talk about. I that's, didn't want that. I didn't want it. that scene. I saw it with Serena saying behind me, and oh! at, <laughs> and once that happened, we literally had to like recount the plot of the Avengers to figure out how they got it, because I misremembered them finding it in the ocean in the Avengers. Yeah, this was a long conversation with me and my my buds. Um, speaking of my buds, right when just to briefly go back to '90s before we go back to Test Rack, okay. but when Carol Dan- when Veers asked um, the security guard, "Is there any communication device?" Uh, Peter, right uh, to two seats to my right, says Radio Shack, and then what do you know? They cut to Radio I Shack. Actually, like, in come my head on. Thought it was gonna be Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, Tesseract. I and they put it in the fonz. Uh, that was a lunchbox. stupid thing that I wasn't offended by at all. You, if you got the radio shack, the Tesseract, the, the fonz. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was stupid. But there was like anything, cheeky. any other thing would be stupid. So I'm yeah. like, I'm fine with it. Um, it's like cheap. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it just like dissolved that aluminum? Like it fell through an airplane in the first in Cap One. Like it's it just burns down. through it. Like it so, was... <laughs> I think maybe she stabilized it. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Also, anyone sorry. Anyone can just hold it. That's true. Also, wait. Clarification. I. So how they find it in the first okay, again? Okay. So we looked it up, and they never really say. So it kind of tracks because so it goes down with Cap. Yeah. And then Cap is like, "You should have kept it in the ocean." But Fury never confirmed. Well, they must have got it in the ocean for nineties. But Fury never confirms when they get it. No, there was a shot in Cap 1. Of because remember, I, I, I just described the Tesseract falling through the plane. Mm-hmm. It fell in the ocean, and then there was a shot. There was, like, no dialogue accompanying it. There was a shot of Howard Stark controlling, like, a like a sea drone with, like, robotic arms, and it picks up the Tesseract. So, so by the end of World War II... The SSR, which becomes Shield, is in possession of the Tesseract. And then Marvel must have stolen it from Shield. Yeah. Or maybe they're in cahoots. Maybe Marvel just hit up Shield and was I like, don't hey, well, there is. They work for the existed. government. Yeah, they all work for the government. So maybe she was like, this can help my government project. Also, like, right. maybe Hydra shenanigans at this point, too. Right? Maybe, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Hydra. I am. Um, yeah, she could have manipulated and gotten it from Hydra. I don't know. I feel like it's left fuzzy, but it was, and it kind of created a lot of questions, but also just seeing it's it so as stupid. the Tesseract, I was like, oh my god. Like, oh shit. I, I was like, it's that. I, I wasn't even remotely thinking that it was going to have like anything yeah. involving Infinity Stones. So the fact that it just showed up, I was just so shocked. I was like, what? Honestly, like, no. I, I think the mind, I think it would have been more cool to see the Mind Stone, because we've only really seen that as, like, in Loki's Scepter, and then it's like, oh, wait, that's an Infinity Stone! I guess, but it's been, it's implied Thanos has it, so before he gave it to... And he gives it to Loki. So how, it wouldn't really make sense how. Dumbass. But, like, I think, I don't know, I just want to, well, because it's still in the 90s, right, so Mm -hmm. we still have, like, sort of process support to Thanos, kind of. I just thought, like, just thinking about it now, I just thought, like, ooh, it'd be really interesting if, like, a Mind Stone equivalent... Or because I guess, would have been but it's like there. the test rock was, I guess, the only one that they could logically have it be because everything else has been like lost, is like lost, like 
the the tower stones lost or like the ethers and vaults or the time stones and vaults yeah and um, the soul stone was only discovered in the movie and so. then like the time stone was in like the yeah so i guess it could only be the tesseract because also that's the one the audiences are most familiar uh, with that's true they, they've remet- uh, people i've seen it too much i know but i love that little glowy cube and i'm so mad it's not a cube anymore it's been a cube for so long. <laughs> I miss it. Bring back the cube. Shattered it. Hashtag yeah. bring back the cube. <laughs> um, the one question that pervades my mind, I guess, is I think like, well, by the time this comes out um, online, it's going to have been like, it will have gone through its first weekend already. So I guess we can just retroactive, retroactively like predict or try to think about like how what how well do you think this movie will do like not just like financially but like just culturally and like legacy wise and i guess what will marvel maybe what marvel will do going going forward i don't think there's anything they could have done i mean yes my art yes my editorial like lists like my qualms with it but like if you want to make that relevant like be my guest but i just want to hear what your thoughts were on this movie's future can I talk financially? Because I actually kind of like box office numbers. Yes. Okay, so it's being... We're recording this before the opening weekend is done, so we only have seen Thursday numbers, but it's being tracked from anywhere from 120 to 150 now is the higher estimate of how much it's going to make this weekend, um, which is pretty high. It's close to uh, Civil War, which is like 175. Um, and it's, like, one of the biggest for, like, a first de- opening debut. Like, obviously, Black Panther is, like, the biggest debut, but it's, like, way better than, like, Ant-Man and Cap 1, Thor 1, all those movies. Um, so I think that's, like, a really, I mean, there's inflation, but that's still really strong. And I do think a lot of the intrigue comes from people wanting to see this before Endgame. Mm-hmm. And compared to previous years, it has been a while since the last, um, I forgot they can't see air quotes. There's a quote around a while, but it has been a while since the last Marvel movie. It hasn't been since like July, and usually they have like a fall release. It's like eight months, eight, eight months, eight months. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are just like really, it's like this has been a really slow beginning of 2019. Like there hasn't been any like breakout hits, like the biggest breakout hits, the upside, which is its own, its own thing. Um, what so, about Alita? Sorry, Alita is not a breakout hit. It's like barely making three hundred million. Oh, Glass, yeah. Glass. Oh, Glass. Glass made a lot of money, but it wasn't like a breakout hit in that it like. I mean, it's making many times back its budget, but it wasn't the hit that I think a lot. Just define like define the year. Yeah, yeah, like the upside has been like more of the the domestic store of the year, the international store of the year. Wandering Earth. Oh boy, this Chinese movie made like. $300 million <laughs> its opening weekend. That's an exaggeration, but it was crazy. Um, nice. It actually made it like $170 million its opening weekend. It made as much as like Captain America Civil War did domestically, but in China. So I think the the amount it's made, it's probably going to make is a pretty good sign for Marvel that people are interested in new characters that they haven't really talked about more, um, especially can, going forward in the future phases where they're going to have to have new characters and so many people aren't returning. That I do hope they they bring in people that they don't like, don't that aren't like well known like household names because I think like as you saw with Guardians of the Galaxy, like sometimes the weirder characters can be really big and Captain Marvel may not be like 
super obscure, but for like the general public, they probably haven't heard of her. And also just for women, you know, we love female led movies. We love Wonder Woman and others. (laughs) There are others. Annihilation. You know, Annihilation. I love Annihilation. Oh, but that movie didn't make much money, unfortunately. Was it was it Taylor Swift who said there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women? Maybe. I don't think that's a, that's not a Taylor <laughs> that is not a Taylor Swift quote, but that is a quote. That's a weird quote because like I'm not gonna. I, I think she said that about um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler making fun of her at the Golden Globes. Oh, that's shitty. Like I mean, Taylor Swift's also a <laughs> shitty person, so like yeah. But that's also weird. Like I'm not gonna see Wrinkle in Time, not because I hate women, because it's not good, and it's like. Hmm. That's just my reason why I'm not going to see it. Because I generally don't see movies I don't think I'll like. I don't think I'll like it. So, that's an off-topic thing. Uh, so, yeah. We like women. We like characters that we haven't seen. And Disney likes money. So, if it makes money, they'll make more of it. And that's capitalism, yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not sure if it's going to have the same positive word of mouth. Because even though we, even though we, yeah, we we disagree with a lot of like, oh, the the you know wooden acting and stuff like that, but I feel like that's still going to spread around, and I don't think general audiences will make the end game connection in their head without someone else telling them about it. I disagree with your first point. I think we operate in a very small area of the internet. I think the general movie watching audience probably doesn't know slash care about much of like the internet backlash i think most general audiences will be like this was an enjoyable fun time yeah if you just want a fun time at the movies go see this Mm -hmm. and most general audiences if they see a marvel's movies coming out since they have a consistent track record they'll be like i like a marvel movie i'll go see that if i have time Mm -hmm. um i liked room i liked i liked her in room i mean i don't know if everyone remembers room it was a while ago. Oh, I mean, a, a lot of, like, middle-aged people, they'll remember, like, oh, I remember this actor from that movie, probably from, like, you know, like, my parents are, like, really into Oscar movies, so mm-hmm. they, like, they recognize a lot of names and stuff like that. I mean, your parents they don't, like, like, they don't know anything thing. about the fan culture, but they just know about movies. Yeah, you know? I mean, look at, I think the perfect example of what Layla's talking about is Bohemian Rhapsody, where, like, I was driving to the, I was driving with my friends to see Captain Marvel, and... I told, like, I was talking about, and like, they were talking about, like, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a really good movie. But most of them, usually when I, people say, like, oh, I love Bohemian Rhapsody, they don't know about all the Brian Singer shit. And then they're like, oh. And like, they hear about it and, like, oh, that's, like, really shitty. And yeah. I think, like, I think there's going to be word of mouth, um, whether it be positive or negative, is, I think, you know, depending on, like, the person's perspective. But I think, like, I think within, like, the Marvel fandom, MCU fandom, like, culture, it's going to be it's going to be, like, you know, pretty good, like, still wholly important. But I think all the sandbagging and, like, review bombing, I'm just worried that's going to taint it a little bit. But that's also me being a little cynical. Probably not. But, like, I don't know. I think it'll still... I think... I have, like, faith it'll still hold up. Yeah. The reason why I say, like, word of mouth is because, like, I don't think that, like, middle-aged general audiences would um, care about the internet criticism. I don't think they would. I don't think they watch right wing YouTubers, <laughs> but um, I. It's kind of like a Last Jedi thing for me. So even though a lot of like terrible people hated Last Jedi, I still know a lot of people who are like in their thirties and their forties who just like generally didn't like the Last Jedi for just 
like story reasons or just for like for whatever reason and um i'm just kind of judging from like my parents you know like my dad loves green book and he keeps trying to get me to watch it and whenever i tell him about the stuff that went on behind that he's kind of like ah whatever it's a good movie you should watch it everyone has their own agenda yada 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 um so i i'm just thinking about like that demographic you know the ones who are not digesting all this information the same way we are they might read a news story or a magazine article about like the movie or like they might read a profile but they will never kind of go out their way to kind of look into these things further so i'm kind of wondering how well captain marvel and its marketing is going to kind of uh catch that you know like you know with like ragnarok and guardians there are a lot of profiles about um, how unique Taika and James Gunn were as directors. So, like, that's the thing that... That's the reason, like, why my mom saw Thor Ragnarok, because she read an article about Taika Waititi. Can I say a very off-topic thing? Yes. Stanley's cameo in Captain Marvel is my favorite Stanley cameo. Yeah. Reading his mall rat script, practicing he his was, lines. He was reciting his, his actual mall rats That lines, was the funniest. And I, I thought that was lost so funny. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that made me... On, like, this show, oh, yeah, you also missed miss the tribute. Oh, Which was you really did sweet. miss the tribute. Yeah. So, did you um, hear about it? I heard about people. Anthony told me about it after I said I missed it. Um, but I, I'm trying to find like an illegal <laughs> like cam recording just so I can see that. Uh, assuming I don't see this in theaters again, which I probably will. Yeah. But the thing with Stan Lee his, with this cameo was that it implies that Stan Lee. As Stanley is a canonical character in the MCU, <laughs> which now, I, so I'm like, I mean, he's already implied like, to be the Watcher, so he can be anyone. Wait, have you seen? It's this image on it's this thing on Reddit where they make the argument that um, in Black Black Panther shows that Kendrick Lamar is in the MCU because they play his song "Pray for Me," which is for the Black Panther soundtrack, like in, in the movie. So Kendrick Lamar is the Soul Stone. I mean, I would one you up oh by God. saying in Into the Spider-Verse, Post Malone is canically in the Spider-Universe, <laughs> which I think is insane. But is Post Malone a glowing rock in the MCU? Hmm. <laughs> in like no, in the no. Spider-Verse? In, well, I mean, neither is Kendrick Lamar now, but like... Yeah. That was very off topic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like... Yeah, I mean, putting my putting my cynicism aside, I think like this movie's like gonna be. Con- I I really hope this movie becomes like you know important in its own right, um, in some capacity. And like, it's I think it's definitely gonna make an impact. Um, we just don't know what that is. Um, and I'm well, I'm looking forward to it, whatever it may be. I will say I saw this with a group of friends and. My female friends, when they got out, they pretty much all said they thought this was a more feminist movie than Wonder Woman, and they liked that, which I thought was really interesting. <clears throat> and they were like, mm. all like, we really liked how this was like, yay, women. So that was just an interesting point that they pretty much all agreed on, like the second we got mm. out of the movie. This is a, there's this article by Wire that I still need to read, um, and it says that like Captain Marvel is about female power, but not empowerment, and I think. I still need to read it, so I, it's still, I, I still need to read it and like to go more in depth. But I think even if it just touches on female power, that's still powerful. Mm-hmm. It was definitely more explicit with its uh, feminist ideals mm-hmm. than Wonder Roman. Um, I think 
The thing about Wonder Woman is that there there is the no man's land scene, which is, like, my favorite (laughs) sequence from that movie. It's a very good sequence. And Chris Pine goes, um, this is no man's land. Do you know what that means? That means no man can ever get past here. And I feel like a lesser movie would have had Wonder Woman literally say, I am no man, but they didn't do that. Yeah, oh yeah, there's there's that too, but I feel like Captain Marvel doesn't have that subtlety. I feel like they would have said, "I am no man." Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, who am I to say? Like, I I've not really read up on you know feminist theory and whatnot. Um, you gotta get on that. I don't have, unlike George Miller when he was making uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I did not have the author of the Vagina Monologues at my side <laughs> to consult me. That's the biggest <laughs> dick energy. But yeah. Did, did, did people call Furiosa Mary Sue? Nope. Everyone loved her. There were some men's rights activists who were... First of all, I can't not snicker whenever I say men's rights activists. But they were mad about uh, Furiosa just inherently being better than and Max. And ignored but everything they they're said. They're dumb. Because Furiosa's great. Yeah, they're stupid. He's the first character with one arm. My one arm dad liked. So... Mm-hmm. Uh... I don't know. It was like Captain Marvel was very on the nose with its feminism. But personally, I'm a third act girl. I love the third act the most, which means like if a movie has a bad third act, I'll remember it worse. And so like Mm. Wonder Woman had a really poor third act, in my opinion. So I remember it less fondly than I think Captain Marvel had a really strong third act. So I remembered it Mm -hmm. more favorably when I left the theater. You didn't like the light show at the end of Wonder Woman? I just don't like punching fests at the end. I don't like big punching battles, I think. Because, like, Captain Marvel, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, punching, but it wasn't, like, a big, like, we're fighting one person. It and was she was a like, bunch of people. And also, she, like, she used her powers. It wasn't Caesar-inducing, like, too. It had bad visuals. Yeah, and it also didn't go on very long. Like, she yeah. was just, she was getting the job done. She was photon uh-huh. blasting her way through. And, yeah. Ooh. Also... Uh, Gemma Chan deserved more to do. I know. I knew she was going to be barely in this movie, and I was I was looking on like the Wikipedia and like her just what Gemma Chan says about her character on the Wikipedia is more than I found out in the book in the movie. Because apparently, like Minerva is supposed to be like the star of Star Force, and then she gets really angry when Danvers shows up because now she's no longer the best one. Mm-hmm. But all she has is like, no, I just never liked you, which is a funny line, but. It would have been funnier if she was, like, an actual character Yeah, who said that mm-hmm. line. And also, Jimmy Chan's great. Uh, and you should all watch Humans. Well, at least she gets the exposure in some bigger way, alongside Crazy Rich Agents, which she already has. Yeah. Do you watch- and you know what? She probably died because there was a place in hell for women who don't support other women. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Stop. Was, that was that. a bad... That, that was a bad... <laughs> We're not ending on that. We love women... <laughs> Oh, Taylor Swift. No, that's not. I don't, is it Taylor Swift? I think I'm looking at that would close. That would that actually close out this that. really well. That would be terrible. I don't want to end with that. But like, just finding out that Taylor Swift said that <laughs> would be a nice closing. Is this or like a thing? fitting closing? There was a meme, a meme for a while at a time where people put Hitler quotes with Taylor Swift to make it look like she said them. Is this one of those? Oh, it's. It's Madeline Albright, I guess, quoted by Taylor Swift. But did okay, Madeline sure. Albright actually say yes. that? Yes. <laughs> we have to go deeper. Oh, what? no, she's quoting Katie Couric? What? What? No. That's what Giselle says. 
we have to figure out what the origin of this quote was. I think we'll never find out. She recalls a quote from Katie Couric, one of Taylor Swift's favorite people. (laughs) I also have a quote from Pip Jamson. I think, no, I think, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it started with Madame Albright and then like it just spread. (laughs) And then did, did Katie Couric quote her and then Taylor Swift quoted (laughs) Katie Couric. And most people are attributing it to Madeline Albert. And then it's just being recorded everywhere. But then she got from Katie Couric. I mean, I guess got oh, from Madeline Oh, this was apparently referring to Hillary Clinton. She said there's a special but place that's... in hell for women who don't support <laughs> But that's very, like, I think that's, but that quote's older. This is from 2016. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift said this, like, a long time ago, I'm assuming. Oh, my God. Oh, she no, She's <clears throat> this tweet says she's been using that line for many years. But it is widely, it's Madeline Albright. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, we but have yeah, said Taylor it. Swift said Kitty Couric, but apparently Taylor Swift was wrong. <laughs> she often is. Yeah. I could, I can, there could be an off-topic episode on why I don't like Taylor Swift. But that's, um, but that's not. A can of worms. Yeah, that's a can of worms. And we we'll end on this note. We'll end on this note um, before we close out uh, with a happy International Women's Day um, in retrospective. Um, Think about all the strong women in your life. Yeah. And the weak women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, They're do you mind strong. doing all the plugs? Because I feel like I'm going to miss something. In oh, life. yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, there's a special place in heaven. for No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you can you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm at Competitorizer. Izzy, where are you at? I'm at Delirolin on Twitter. I'm at Galaxy Layla. Layla spelled... Not like the song. <laughs> like the other way. Look on yeah. the page. You can find it on the page or mm-hmm. on the medium or yep. on something. Yep. Um, or just guess. Yeah, no, just keep typing in random stuff in the in your URL and you'll eventually happens. get Hamlet, so Yeah. Uh you can subscribe to us, by the way, on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, even YouTube, if that's your if that's your thing, and uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, maybe five stars. Maybe I would take four stars, but I think we're a five star show. Um, there is a link to our Patreon in the show notes, and we are looking to uh, pay some fantastic writers to write some wonderful features for us. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it, I'm doing the thing where I'm opening up my wallet and like only dust is coming out, so we can really use your help at this point. And follow our Medium page. Uh, join our Discord. Join the Captain Marvel discussions in our Discord. I think our community is growing and becoming more active, and you don't want to miss it. Um, we're a, we're a lovely people, us AP Marvel folks. Thanks to Charles Villanueva for the graphics, Steve Maltor for the track Jazz Avengers, and thanks to everyone who gives to our Patreon. And with that, Izzy, drop a, an amazing inspirational quote on us. Did you thank every? Did you thank Charles for the graphics already? I did. That Is was that my your quote. quote? Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um. Uh, uh so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Support other women. Well-behaved women rarely make history. Be like, don't be mean to women because they're women. That's really dumb. Learn about Mary Sue's properly. Learn. Just take one. Women's studies doesn't decrease your testosterone. It makes you more informed. And there's nothing wrong with being more informed about relevant issues. Don't. 
black friend movies. Don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to be a nicer, kinder person. Yeah. Everyone's a person. Besides. Don't cause bad blood. Um, just um, uh, shake it off. Stop! No, we're done. We're done. Uh, Bye. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, away. You know, we kind of were soft about um Why about Bowden and Fleck here? here so um we have a yeah. we have a new what? participant Anthony what? what are you doing here Anthony what we're recording leave <laughs> we're recording the podcast the hot take Captain Marvel what are you doing to be fair I've only talked to like Chris and Layla about it Did we just have our own cameo by Anthony? Is Anthony the Stan Lee of the podcast? Wow. (laughs) Special guest. On that note, Um, we...